The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. It's 8 after 10 o'clock. You're listening to The Talking Point. Welcome to the second hour of the show. Coming up in this hour, we're in conversation with the Gauteng Premier, Banyaza Lesufi. He's been a man about town, busy on the streets. Everywhere you look, there's a camera, there are journalists. I don't think there's a day that goes by that he's not somewhere getting photos of himself or something taken. So that's the conversation that we're going to be having over the next hour. Not about the pictures, really, but about the plan that he has for Gauteng. Of course, they've been launching several projects, a number of them quite big. Um, you, you'd know the, the Wardens project that has been launched. There is also now a Green Army project that is underway. But at the same time, you have NGOs that are crying about the state of affairs in as far as their own books are concerned. So we'll get to that conversation after these WhatsApp voice notes. Morning, Kathy. The court case of uh, Senzo Meiwa. Yo, it's disappointing. Ten years you'll see that uh, actually our country is very useless. So if I was part and parcel of the Maywa's family, I'll just tell the state to drop this thing because of they just wasting money for nothing. So they can't help the family. It is very clear, 10 years. Yo, anyway, Tedile Rachidi from Tembisa. So man, I was man, tell us man, your 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 name man. Lina Lagao man, last rare nu or sered, or no vijagasol. Dangi. Kevi what is so confusing about Tabo Best? He was convicted of a murder and rape. He suppose now because he is sent back now to other uh, prison in Pretoria from Mangaung, uh, Mangaung, from Mangaung. He was convicted, most. he supposed to wear his own uh, prison uniform because he's not in trial as if he was not sentenced. He was convicted before, so I think that caller was all right when we was asking why is he wearing his Nikes. Uh, uh, a track suit and a bottom so i don't think he's supposed to wear like that if maybe our laws are spot on thanks premier banyazali sufi thank you so much for coming into studio this morning uh, are you situated properly are you comfortable in your seat <laughs> Is the mic well positioned? Thank you so much, Katie. Welcome back. Let me appreciate uh, the opportunity to join you this morning. Thank you so much for coming through. Um, we, One of the, the first people that I wanted to speak to was you because as I was getting ready to come back, I saw there was a lot that um, has been happening in Gauteng over the last couple of months. So we thought, let's have the opportunity to yeah. bring you into studio and understand <clears throat> what your plans uh, for this beautiful province of ours are. Let me just start, I suppose, just a lot 
more broadly. You you look like you've been very busy. <laughs> what what are you so busy with? You know, I know I said it earlier on that you're always going about. We see pictures of you in the media all the time. I take my task serious. I respect the mandate that I'm given. Uh, and uh, I'm of the view that a public representative must work across uh, the clock and ensure that uh, it resolves the problems that are facing uh, our communities. There are four critical things that if you can't resolve them quickly, um, it will be history. We will be history um, as, 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 as public representatives. Obviously, the first one is load shedding. Uh, we are putting our plans um, of ensuring that at least housing is bad uh, of load shedding. Uh, it's a huge investment. It's a huge task uh, because legislatively, uh, we don't have a, a legal leg room as a province to provide that service. But you can't fold your arms when your citizens are going through this difficulty. So we are working on that one. The second one is crime. Um, I always tell people that if you remove the statistics of Gauteng from the national statistics when they're released um, by police, um, South Africa is not that bad. Uh, but if you add uh, crime stats of Gauteng, uh, we are as if we are in a war zone, um, actually. I was following the statistics of people that are dying in Ukraine. Uh, they don't even come closer to our statistics. Um, I normally receive weekly reports of how many people have died in Gauteng every weekend after a long weekend, especially month and weekend. Uh, the, the numbers are shocking. And the third issue is unemployment. Um, we can't have this number of young people that are unemployed. Um, someone will mobilize them. And someone will uh, influence them to take uh, decisions that all of us will regret. I think we should learn from the July 21 unrest. Um, so we need to then develop programs to ensure that young people are kept busy, uh, not only by creating jobs per se, but also skilling them. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm a technology person. I love technology. I love uh, innovations. I love new things that are coming. Uh, from the artificial intelligence world. So we need to prepare our children. I really, I'm, I'm excited about what uh, the, the artificial intelligence community is building. And I think we'll be better positioned as Gauteng in particular uh, if we train our children to be the first or our youth to be the first to uh, <clears throat> occupy opportunities that are created by artificial intelligence. I mean, from the building of my motor vehicles, building of products, and many other things. So the artificial intelligence community is a future, uh, it's a new economy, um, and uh, we are positioning our children to, or our youth uh, to be in line to, to be recruited when these opportunities are created. The fourth, which uh, disappoints me a lot, because we don't have to have those problems, uh, is what I call the lack of service delivery, where you've got potholes, where you've got uh, traffic lights that are not working when it's raining, uh, where you've got... Uh, 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 systems in government that are not functional. Uh, you go to either uh, justice department or this government department. Something is not there. Either there's no paper or there's. So those things irritate me. I must be honest. Uh, irritates me a lot. Um, you go to hospitals. People don't have food or there's a shortage of medication and other things. So if we can tackle those four issues, uh, and that's the priority that I've given myself um, to just manage. Uh, these things in our province. I really believe uh, we are on course to ensure that we are indeed representatives of our people. 
Looking to your State of the Province address, what you did is that you had described crime as the apex priority. Yeah. Listening to you now, you say, you say load shedding and then crime. Have you had a rethink No, no, no. Crime, then? crime o- is still over, number o- one. O- o- no, I didn't put them in any oh, priority. Okay, basis. all right, okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I didn't put them in any priority. Crime, as I say, load shedding... I'd, we don't have a, a strong legal standing uh, as a province to deal with load shedding, but I mean, every day. So, so, but I think what's you your open. thinking? What's your thinking? Well, <laughs> at this current moment, uh, we've invested 1.2 billion uh, as the provincial government to end load shedding. Uh, so, our teams are hard at work uh, to check what we can do. There are some power stations that are in our province that were shut down, were closed or decommissioned. We want to reopen them. Uh, and there are some local authorities, especially City Power and Houting. Uh, they also have some uh, uh, investment that they want so that they can also protect load shedding. So we are in discussions with them. We've got two independent power producers in our province that are producing power for other uh, private sector or minings. Uh, we want to redirect them uh, to, to, to produce power for our citizens. Uh, we have approached ESCOM to say ESCOM, which are, pla- which are your plants that are producing electricity for Gauteng and what are their problems so that we can fix that problem on behalf of ESCOM as a province. For example, if there are two plants that are mainly distributing electricity to Gauteng, uh, either there's skill shortage or there's a shortage of funds for maintenance or there are parts that are not available. We are prepared as the provincial government to put our own money uh, to get either the parts or maintenance and other things. So there's an array of proposals that are on the table um, uh, that we really believe, but also want to protect the poorest of the poor. Uh, we are looking at possibilities of putting solar panels uh, for indigents. Indigents are people that have gone to a municipality and say, I'm unemployed, I'm receiving a grant, uh, and, and therefore I can't afford to pay rent. Uh, those are the poorest of the poor. So mm-hmm. we are looking at the possibility of putting uh, solar panels for them. So, 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 so if I understand you correctly, this 1.2 billion then that you say you've allocated towards ending load shedding is money that would ultimately go be going into second or even third parties who are already yeah. operating yeah. in the electricity space. Assist them. Yes. Yeah. It's to protect the economic position of our province. I mean... Uh, we are the economic hub of the country. If you mm-hmm. can't create jobs, the country can't create jobs. If you can't attract investment, the country can't attract investment. So we have to protect this province uh, so that um, our people can get jobs and we can attract new investment. But how, you can't do that when you have this level of crime. Let uh, me be honest. How, how do you get accountability for monies that are going to be spent. Has this started already? Yeah, we were or? in discussions already. Oh, Advanced it, it, discussions. It's just discussions, but yeah. no monies have been distributed No, 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 yet. not yeah. yet. Not yet. So, so how, how then would you get accountability? Because you talk about, let's say, even ESCOM. Let's use ESCOM as, as an mm. example. You give money to ESCOM to help them fix power stations in Gauteng. Yep. This is the same entity that is dealing with all of these massive questions around corruption, money that they have that is supposed to be going towards this work anyway, that is not getting there. So how how do you ensure that accountability to know that you're not putting money in a bottomless pit? Well, I have have strong confidence on ESCOM. Mm. Um, And I know my colleagues, every time I say so, they say, what? 
I have strong confidence. Uh, I really believe that the recruitment of the new CEO, the reconstituted board, uh, and uh, the team that is there, uh, they understand the pressure. Uh, and, and the departure of their previous CEO uh, gave us an opportunity to reposition and um, uh, design ESCOM in a manner that can, it can meet this challenge. So I don't doubt that whatever investment that we put there, either as the provincial government or national government, uh, will go to waste. Uh, I, I'm quite convinced now they understand the seriousness of load shedding. And I really believe they, they will win. And I'll be the, amongst those first people to not only congratulate them, but praise them. Because I, I really, I've met with them. Um, I, maybe I've met with rank and file, people that are at the cold phase that need to solve the problems. And they've explained uh, the challenges and the limitations and what is needed. And I was quite convinced that they know what is needed. Maybe at the senior level, the board level and other things, there might be limitations. But the workers there are out there to ensure that we end load shedding. And I'm very confident that they will do so. All right. We'll continue the conversation with Gauteng Premier Banyazi Lusufi. What about residents? Because they are the ones complaining too about the impact of load shedding. Any plans to cushion individual businesses and households. We'll find out after this. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. 23 after 10 o'clock, we're in conversation with the Gauteng Premier, Banyaza Lisufi. We're talking about the plans that he has for the province. And of course, he's been in the role for a couple of months now. So there's an opportunity to also reflect on what he has done. So load shedding, he says, a priority plans by his government to try and cushion the impact of load shedding what about individual residents right because people are complaining number one about the cost of electricity they're just not getting enough uh bang for their buck if i can put it that way but also um have we gone far enough in subsidizing or helping to subsidize residents who are thinking about coming up with their own alternative power supply options if you get electricity from ESCOM, and, and that's the reason why I'm a fanatic of ESCOM, if you get electricity from ESCOM, there's no need for us to speak about subsidies, to speak about business individuals, because we'll have electricity. The debate is, and I, I, I mean, I led uh, the Provincial Executive Committee of the ANC over the weekend, and the debate was very strong. If we find ourselves in the situation that we are in, do we still have the luxury of selling electricity to other neighboring countries? Or should we redirect every electricity that we have back to our country and resolve it? And thereafter, when we still have more, then we can sell. Why do we sell to neighboring countries when we don't have? And I think it's a debate that is justifiable. But also, is it really a debate of uh, not getting electricity that is immediately available, wherever it is. Uh, you know, there is a debate about car power ship where uh, the ship must come here and connect and, 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 and release almost 1,500 megawatts. Uh, and there are people that are saying it will harm the environment. Um, um, I mean, I'm an environmentalist. I'm a green person. I believe in environment. But if we have this particular disaster, what is the middle ground? What is the win-win uh, that will protect the environment, but at the same time release the extra energy that we need as a country? So we are entering that debate as a province. Uh, we, we, I mean, I've already had a discussion with the Minister of Environment. I personally had a discussion with the Minister of Energy. 
to say we want electricity wherever it is. Uh, and we really believe if that electricity can be connected and ensure South Africans don't go through this pain of load shedding, uh, it must be made available. So the biggest first price, obviously, uh, is uh, ESCOM, but also is to protect the municipalities. Uh, the issue that we are raising now, mm. our municipalities in Gauteng are struggling because people have gone to renewals. Uh, uh, they are on all this uh, 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 new form of energy uh, that they believe the municipality or ESCOM is not uh, providing. And municipalities make money out of electricity. So in the absence of electricity, these municipalities will collapse. And if they collapse, will not be in a position to render services such as making water available and other things. So it's it's a sophisticated, complicated problem. Uh, but I I'm really believe I'm equal to the task uh, with our teams. So, so, so when you and, say uh, that, you know, you, you've had a conversation with somebody like the energy minister bringing in the conversation around car power ships, from a, a practical point of view, explain how your involvement would work because car power ships, the matter is currently in court and the issues around it weren't just environmental. They also had to do with the procurement processes that were followed when it came to how then uh, the, the, the work, the supply chain was going to happen where car power ships is concerned. So where does your involvement begin and end? Um, would you not be overstepping when it comes to I, I imagine the separation that there is Let in, in the work. Let For mm. people to get electricity, I don't mind to overstep anything. For people to get electricity, I don't mind to overstep anything. I can't fold my arms and claim to be a public representative when people can't get electricity to cook, where people are marked at night when they come back from work, when our children are kidnapped purely because it's dark. So if it means I have to overstep my mandate as a premier, I'll do so. So then what um, did you say to the minister? So our resolve the matters as quickly as possible. We don't want to interfere on the procurement, on the environment, and resolve it. We can't. This amount of car power ship has been on the agenda for how long? If it is a correct way of getting additional uh, uh, energy. The issue of environmental uh, concerns have been on the agenda for how long? Do we have that luxury of time, honestly, as South Africans? And this is the arm of state. <laughs> the Minister of Environment serves in the same cabinet as the Minister of Energy. It's not another country, another government, or another province. It's government. Get our acts together and resolve so, and, and what did he say? No, there's a willingness to resolve. Uh, 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 and there's a willingness. I mean, the Minister of Environment uh, gave me a full update of where they are. And um, she believes that if the Energy Ministry complies with the requirements, uh, this matter can be resolved. What did the energy yeah. minister say? Well, they, as I said, they're in the same government and their understanding and <laughs> interpretation is at different levels. And that's what shocked me. <laughs> yes, um, yes, but what did he say to you? No, 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 it's an indication that they're willing to meet the requirements that uh, the environment minister is requesting. And I'm just saying move with speed. That is such a diplomatic answer. It's very, it, it, you know, it, it's a very condensed it's answer. Not, Give not, me the real uh, answer. Uh, the willingness to resolve the matter is there. My only concern, and I've expressed it to both parties, mm. is the speed. You can't just say I'm willing to resolve the matter when our people are going through this pain. And I, I, I'm, 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 I'm really uh, at, at a level where I really believe that uh, people can even stay for the next 72 hours in the same room and resolve this matter and take it to cabinet and cabinet pass a decision and then 
we find mechanism of ensuring that we get additional energy. Did, did you involve the Department of Public Enterprises at all? Not necessarily. At this present moment, it's the department that are responsible of ensuring that we get uh, the necessary energy. What did you make of the court ruling that found that there is an obligation by the Department of Public Enterprises to provide alternatives when there is load shedding? You're concerned about it, and the court clearly articulated why essential services should have alternative access to power. Well, I've not studied that court judgment. I I, I saw it, um, and and my immediate worry uh, was that are we capable of separating those institutions from uh, load shedding? Do we have the skill, the talent, and the resources to do that? I think those that are better positioned are in the public enterprise uh, area. They can better answer your question. But where I stand as a provincial government, I doubt we've got the skill, the talent, and the capabilities uh, uh, to cushion those institutions. Yes, we need to cushion them. We are moving them to solar uh, 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 <clears throat> energy provision as housing, all our hospitals, our schools, our clinics. We are migrating them uh, to solar. Uh, but I'm not sure whether the state has that capability to separate them from residential areas and other business areas. All right. We'll continue then this conversation in a moment. It's time for your latest news update. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Kadimo Sasana. We're in conversation with Banyaz Ali Sufi, the Gauteng Premier. We're looking at the priorities that he has in place for Gauteng, also uh, reflecting on the projects that he's launched so far. We've been focusing on the issue of load shedding only because it's such a big issue, but I want us to move on. Before I do, though, this last question. Do you have confidence from a leadership level, in particular ministerial level, given the effort that you have taken even going to the point of saying you don't mind overstepping, do you have confidence in the affected ministers about resolving the energy crisis that we have in this country? This includes the public enterprises, energy ministers. Well, I do. Uh, I do. I, I've worked with the new minister of uh, electricity, uh, actually we're students together, we're in the same SRC, we're in the same student movement, so I know his capabilities and talent. Um, I, I've worked with uh, Minister Gwede Mantash when he was a mayor, a councillor, uh, in then East Rand, so I, I, I know his capabilities and talent. I've worked with Pravin Gordon in the underground structures of the ANC of Mkontoesis Operation Vula when I was still a student at the university, so I know his capabilities. But where I will raise my concern, I'll be frank with that, uh, it's, 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 it's the speed and the coordination of the attempts, uh, that we spend more time squabbling rather than resolving the problem. Uh, I mean, the issue of assignment of responsibilities to one minister and another minister is a point uh, that I wanted to drive. Because if by the time we appointed the Minister of Electricity, I really believe we should have also allocated the necessary legislative uh, roles. And I'm glad that the president has already done that. So so it's the coordination of the work. Uh, the talent is there. The skill is there. Uh, but I know what are the ministerial roles. Maybe South Africans don't understand ministerial roles or we don't uh, understand the environment that they work on. I really believe it's rank and file. Uh, it's, it's senior managers of these institutions. You are ESCOM. It's your engineers of ESCOM. For us to be where we are, what went wrong? Honestly, uh, 
We know the component that is related to the Zondo Commission. But did you attack the best skills? When did these skills started to evaporate uh, in front of us? We didn't it, see that. We it, didn't realize that. It, um, so, so because if you lose such talent, such skills, and, and, and I mean, I, I, I was in Finland uh, two months ago. I mean, every third person that I meet in those uh, energy sector comes from South Africa. How did it come that we lose such talent so easily without even competing or contesting? Mm. Uh, and these are people that are studied through our universities. It means we have invested as a country. So those are kind of things that worries me. Uh, but in terms of skill, talent, capabilities, resources, I'm of a strong view that we're on the right track. Uh, we just obviously will need to support uh, those individuals and they have to move with speed in executing their responsibilities. I want to come to some of the commitments that you made earlier on in the year when you were delivering your state of the budget. Mm. So state of the province, rather. Your your government has committed 4 billion rand towards the establishment effectively of um, training and absorption of 6,000 crime prevention wardens. Yep. 6 billion rand is a lot of money. Part of it, we understand, is going to go... In three years, not in one year. In three years, in yes. Three years, it's yeah. still a lot of money. Yeah. It's going to go towards these wardens, them being absorbed ultimately, but also towards uh, some of the technological solutions as you describe them. So your drones, helicopters, crime prevention uh, uh, efforts, services, fleet services... You made commitments that by the 1st of May, there would be a lot that people in this province see as a result of that decision that was taken. It doesn't look like you are where we said we would be by now. We are. Have you rolled out the CCTV cameras? Yes. In every ward? Yes. Are they installed? Yes. When were they installed? <laughs> we launched them, don't worry. You'll know. No, 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 but we have to, no, no, but we have to know now because you, but, but where? You'll see them. We're launching where? them on the 1st of June. You'll see them. <clears throat> We've concluded them. They're there. They're installed. We're monitoring them. We're in first phase. We are just putting up the command center where they need to be monitored. The team is So they're not working them. yet? They're working. But if you don't have the command center where they'll no, be. They are uh -huh. at the command center of an institution that we've acquired. They're not in the command center of the state, and we're building that command center. We've got that command center. Let me share our vision, our integrated crime. Um, and it's just unfortunately South Africans respond the way you, you are responding. It's an integrated approach. It has an element of uh, human resource, mm -hmm. uh, and the element of human resource, you know, the, the national police trained additional 10,000 policemen. Uh, we requested that 2,000 be given to Houting. We've received those 2,000. We went to train 6,000 uh, peace wardens. Uh, they've graduated. They're on the street, as I'm speaking to you, 4,000 of them. Additional 1,000 is coming out at the end of May. Um, there are others that we want them to be specialized in taxi violence. The things that are a problem in Houting. They specialize in taxi violence. They specialize in anti uh, hijacking, uh, they're specializing in anti-land invasion, so that's the 1,000 that will be specialized. They're there already. So we've achieved the human capability of them. The second one is the e-safety. 
the, we said every South African will have an e-panic button. We finalized that thing. The e-panic button is there. You can go uh, to any app store and say, how dang panic button. You'll see that the app is, is on time. Let me finish, let me finish, Kathy, so that you understand our integrated approach. We said we'll have drones. Uh, We've acquired those drones uh, that have been used by the police. We said we'll have uh, helicopters. We've got two helicopters. Over the Mm -hmm. weekend, that helicopter was on a mission uh, that that we have. We said we'll need face recognition CCTVs. Uh, We're on the verge of finalizing 8,000 of those CCTVs. Uh, We've just concluded an agreement with... uh, local government of Ekuruleni, uh, they've got an account of CCTVs in the township, so they're building those CCTVs in the township. We'll conclude that. But we said to fight crime, you need a, a, a sophisticated machinery. Uh, and that machinery starts with a car. A car is a source of our problems. Uh, either the car that is committing cash heist, kidnapping, killings, that car, the number plate it's fraudulent, and the car has been hijacked. So we've put a new uh, regime. So a new counting registration number is going to go live on the 1st of November uh, so that we don't have a car that is stolen, fraudulent, that is on, on our roads. The CCTVs does not include our own physical CCTVs. We're taking CCTVs from local government. Local authorities have CCTVs. Businesses that are working with us have uh, CCTVs. Um, Private security companies have CCTVs. Sandral have CCTVs that are on our highways. So we are amalgamating them to one integrated command center. That's mm-hmm. the area where we're saying we're building one command center. So all of them can be amalgamated and be looked upon from one side rather than be looked upon from Sandral offices, private security offices, Ekuruleni municipality, Tsuan municipality, and Johannesburg. is to bring all of them mm-hmm. under one center and train people that are in a position to do those things. We are at a very advanced stage. Let me tell you, the fight against crime in this province will be the determining factor of whether we are successful in leading this province or not. And uh, we are putting those mm-hmm. resources because we can't tolerate this so, level so, of crime. So, so just to understand, you, you've gone to the various sectors that already have yeah. CCTV cameras and you're saying, let's all work together, yes. pull the resources. Yes. What about those areas that didn't have CCTV cameras? No, no, no. As I said, Ekurene um, uh, municipality had an account where mm-hmm. they were going to go and put them in the township. So we've taken up that account so that they can go and build them in the township because the only areas that don't have is the townships mm-hmm. uh, but you are and, and those uh, outside of ekuruleni no 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 we are using that account across the province is that, that we when don't you want say to they waste have an time. account what do you mean they've got a, they advertised the tender and awarded somebody to build cameras so okay. we are participating in that tender rather than advertising your tender and takes time Okay, so, so basically the procurement for, for the rest of the CCTV cameras that are needed to fill the province are going to come through that one tender that Egurleni had already advertised. Yes, yes. So, so how much more money are you going to have to put into it? Well, it depends on the speed that they put cameras because we pay you after we've put a camera. How much is it costing to put one camera? I don't know how much it is. I'm not involved in those things. No, but I'm sure you must know the cost because ultimately you are the one that is steering uh, how this budget is spent. No, no, it's a, I, I told you. I couldn't, we are moving the Department of Community Safety from a 700 million per annum department to 8.4 billion in the next three years because we're serious about crime. It's not about that. It's also tracing guns because the problem of how things is guns. We've got so many illegal guns. And remember, an illegal gun 
to be legal was was <laughs> first a legal gun. Mm. So if you can have all the legal guns appropriately tracked so that when it's lost, we can be in a position to hunt it. So we're investing in that as well. We are also investing, and I don't want to expose our investments here, uh, or, or alert criminals. We are also investing in a highly sophisticated cell phone uh, 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 tracking or information gathering. For example, if it's in an area where a crime has happened, uh, we need to know uh, the lines that were there and invest it in government because mm -hmm. currently it's in the hands of private sector. Invest it as the provincial government. We are also investing uh, sure. in, the, in, the, in the finance uh, industry because if we can convert Gauteng somehow, because it's not sophisticated compared to other countries, uh, other provinces. Mm. If we can convert Gauteng, for example, to be a, a cashless uh, a business uh, where, where when you buy in a, superstore, in a, 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 a supermarket, you use your cards rather than cash so that we manage the issue of cash highs. Then. So it's a huge integrated crime prevention strategy that you want to push down so, crime so, in our province. So, so I think, Premier, you know, there is a lot of money mm. that you're talking about that is going to be allocated to all of these various facets of the crime fighting, as you put it, because it's, it's a provincial priority. Yeah. The, question, the, the big question, I think, really goes down to the ways in which we ensure that the money being allocated ends up being spent for what it was meant for. It has to. I, yes. But, but again, because there doesn't seem to be definitive answers. So when, when one looks at even the budget, right, it speaks very broadly about the amounts that are going to be allocated towards certain projects. But there, there is a nitty-gritty, as in, for this year, we are spending 2 million rand on CCTV cameras. And, and even as I asked you now, you, you say that you don't know how because much Because I don't deal to. with those issues. Who deals with those the issues? The HODs and the CFOs of departments. And they publish annual reports every year. So at the end of the year, all of us will know how much was spent. In the annual report, is there. It's a public document. Fair enough. But that spending comes out of a prioritization that has been set by you as, Remember, as the And premier. that's what I said. Ministers set the agenda. They set the policy agenda. Administrators implement the vision. I'm sharing with you my vision, our vision. Uh, and so, I'm saying yeah. it's already there. But there's nothing stopping you or me or any other person. Who wants to know? For example, so, th let so, me so give you one example. Uh, because that's how the public perceive uh, that these things are, are done wrongly uh, without necessarily interrogating it. And I don't blame them because these are public funds. We bought vehicles for our wardens. We didn't go on a tender because National has an account with various motor vehicle companies. So we go to straight to that motor vehicle company that is based in Gauteng because we have to create jobs for companies that are in Gauteng to say, you are on the database of treasury and you have been appointed by national treasury to allocate cash to uh, either municipalities, police, mm. and other things. We need this. So we didn't go through a tender to a third person to get those motor vehicles because we are trying to eliminate your fears where tenders are misused and utilized 
for wrong How much did the cars cost? I don't know. I don't have those figures. No, but Premier, you must know, this is one of your flagship programs. Indeed. I've allocated $8 billion to them for the next three years. Every year, they will account to us on how they spend the amount so, of so, so post the launch of the wardens, there were concerns wait, raised Katie, Katie, about Katie, even the vehicles Katie, that were used in this matter. Kathy, just imagine that I know how many bullets have been bought as a Premier. Just imagine that I have to be given information on how many boots uh, of police there have been. There I, I, account- I, I, don't, I, I don't think that is, it's necessarily knowing every single detail, but this is one of your flagship programs. And because it's a flagship program, one would have the expectation that even after you have launched, so let's say before the launch took place, you thought, well, I know how much I've allocated more broadly. But now there are people raising concerns about why you have luxury vehicles that have been bought for these wardens to do their patrols, etc. There's a concern around cost. Surely there would be some kind of burden on you to then find out and say, is this a legitimate point? that is being raised by our residents. Did we spend too much money on these vehicles? Let me respond to that. There I can respond, not on the actual cost, because the actual cost goes through the, the, the tendering processes of which we... But how can let you me, answer the question if you don't know what the what Because the, what I meet the with them every is. week. <laughs> you meet with who? Yeah, with the team. Two and they don't tell me, they don't tell you how much no, it no, no. costs? No, 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 they don't tell me on the... I don't want that information. I don't, because I don't work with that information. The information that I want is to say, to have vehicles that can be uh, at speed when criminals are chasing criminals. You need vehicles that will don't have to break every moment. We've got 120K uh, that you can service the car without paying an extra cent. You need a vehicle uh, that can be replaced immediately because you are not buying a car that is based in in Japan or something, it can be delivered immediately. Do you have the capabilities of ensuring that if there is a part that is broken, it can be replaced immediately? That's the strategic position that we take as a collective. But where you buy it and other things, there's a separation in law. It's I wish I can have that information. Right. Just, just ho- wait, hold, wait. That. No, no, a hold separation. that thought for me yeah. because we have a break oh, coming okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. I'll continue with the Premier Banyazeli Sufi after this. Call us on 086-000-2032. All right, we're in conversation with the Gauteng Premier Banyazeli Sufi. I know we still have um, callers that are, that, that are waiting to, to put some questions to the Premier. Maybe, uh, Premier, just mm. one one last one from me is that the reason why the, the issue around what things cost is is so important is that ultimately important. ultimately we want to avoid situations where we have had reprioritizations of budgets like we saw that has affected the department of social development has affected npos um where you have unnecessary situations that put the most vulnerable in danger and in jeopardy because money is being prioritized to other projects, but there seems to be no clear communication 
around that? Let me assure you, the budget to fight crime in our country uh, has never affected MPOs. It has never affected education. It has never affected health. It has affected traveling, printing of T-shirts, traveling, go overseas. It has affected things that I felt need to be curtailed. Uh, but we have shielded, protected health, social development, and education. And that I can assure you. But besides, investment in crime prevention also assists those institutions so that they can be safe in our communities. As we speak, there's still NGOs that are still waiting to be paid. No, I meant Their due allocations. Well, I'm saying this based on the work that we have been doing and NGOs that we have spoken to, who till date, despite commitments that by the 15th of May, the subsidies that they were supposed to be received would be in their bank accounts, those have still not arrived. No, it's a misunderstanding, Kate. I met all the NGOs. I said by the 15th, they would Mm -hmm. get an addendum, which simply means if we are allocated 4,000 rents and the department gave you 3,000 in the previous service level agreement that you have signed, by the 15th, you will get an addendum that confirms that we are taking you back to 4,000 rent. The normal payment tranches that happen through, because we don't pay at once, we pay at various stages, will kick in and you'll get one payment. So they will get their full amount. That's what we have committed, that by the 15th, all the contracts will be amended so that they can get the full amount of Why payment. did this happen under your watch, Premier? Why were those that work with the most marginalized in our province treated in this way under your watch? No, it was a misunderstanding of an audit. We receive an audit that indicates that there are NGOs or NPOs that are not doing what we're supposed to do. For example, you have an NGO that gives us the, fa- the same statistic to apply for social development, go and apply for the same, uh, using the same statistics to the Department of Health, go to National Department, go to LOTO, go to other things. And we said, let's audit all of them so that we don't double dip because these funds come from the same government. And they are, we are inundated with mal or mismanagement of funds uh, in our uh, anonymous call or, 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 or uh, investigative calls, call centers. We also have staff workers that believe they are underpaid. You also have institutions that believe that Certain individuals have resigned, have not been played. So we needed to take stock of the sector first before we can continue to prepare for the 2024-2025 financial allocation. I think the staff members brought that thing early and made uh, the cuts. And when it was brought to my attention, within three weeks, it was stopped and everything has been restored. So effectively, you agree that it shouldn't have happened in no, the first place? No, it shouldn't have happened. That is why I personally intervened. Because I felt, I come from the NGO sector. I grew in the NGO sector. Uh, I know the importance of the NGO sector. But also, we've learned from life as many in this particular province. And that is why I acted speedily when it was brought to my attention. And guess who brought it to my attention? My own brother. My brother is a chairperson of one of the NGOs. Say, bro, here is this thing. And that's how I picked it up. And when the department briefed me, I said, this is not the way to the deal The NGOs with are concerned about whether next year because some of the service level addendums that you're talking about and agreements that are being sent actually go as far as saying that they should have no expectation around whether they will receive funding next year because we're doing an audit we have to be sure first we have to be sure but so so it's 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 not it's not a a a pre-warning that says no no, next year when you don't get it don't say we didn't warn you but it's that 
if you don't comply, you won't get it? I like it because the NGO themselves said this to me. Those that are not complying, Premier, go for them. Because we can't fund people that are not complying. We can't fund people that are funding other wrong things. And we can't fund people that can account for public funds. And we agreed with the sector that we're going to have a summit by the end of May. And by the end of May, we'll be in a position to attend to all the concerns that are within the sector. Because they're saying they are losing skilled workers. They believe that there must be increases in the salaries of either, especially social workers. They're indicating that the cost of living is too high in terms of fuel, rent, and all other things. And they're indicating that we are funding them uh, at a norm or a standard uh, that will uh, uh, see them uh, uh, live in the sector and want them to remain within the sector. And that is why I said, let's have a two-day summit in, in, in May to prepare for the, for the next financial model so that we can understand the difficulties that they're going through. And be when, when, so I'm excited that we're going to have two days when, with them when, and sort out all the challenges. When, when will they receive their payment? Because ultimately, these are NGOs that were supposed to get payment in April. That didn't happen. It's May now, we're, we're halfway through the month. They still haven't received the full payment. Some of them have a, a fraction of the payment. As we speak, we have NGOs that are unable to pay their bills, workers that, that haven't been paid. Keith, I'm saying it's not mm-hmm. going to be possible that are not going to be paid. We've adjusted their budget, normal way where they send the relevant information that allows them to be paid will be utilized. Yes, I don't but know I'm how asking when. I don't know. It w- depends on individual when, uh, when institutions. Will it happen? The department is ready to pay them. I'm convinced they've got the budget. So they know where to raise concerns if those departments but are But have you given them. them a deadline about when they should I pay the engine? I the deadline from the 15th. They must be restored to their financial status mm-hmm. and thereafter whatever they submit for them to get paid, they will be paid. If they say we've submitted, we've not been paid, I would be in a position to intervene with the department. Yeah, because that, that's, the, that's the feedback we'll that we're that. getting by and large. We'll that they, they but there's still, no reason for that them not to be paid. That they still haven't been paid. That, we'll that's the that. reality of the, of the situation. We'll check that. It's 11 o'clock, Premier. Invite and I've got to again. go to news. Invite me again. Okay, are you going to come? Are you committing to coming back? Because the next one, then we need you just to engage with, with 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 our residents. I've already committed. Okay, Kathy. so shall we make it next week, same time, part two? Kathy. Next week, all right. Next week, Wednesday, between ten and eleven o'clock. I thought next week you could I thought we'll say tomorrow. But <laughs> you know you weren't going to, to come, come tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> you know you weren't going to come. Next week, Wednesday, thanks, we'll have thanks, part thanks, two Kate. of this conversation, thanks, and I think that will be an opportunity for everybody else uh, to engage the premier because we've got so many people that want to engage with them that it would be a disservice to just take one or two of the callers. That's where we leave it. Thank you so much for your time, thanks, Premier Banyaz. So I'm not extending the invite for tomorrow? No, for next week. Let's go to the latest (laughs) 11 o'clock news.